Yes, Total Random is me, Abs. I am back again. And let me tell you guys, John has sold me out again to Charlie yet again. But guys, you know what? And always a great podcast when I'm about. And we have a special guest, guys. He is Harry Parker, the first year of UA92 studying sports journalism. What are you saying, Harry? All right, mate. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Harry, lovely to have you on here. How, you, how, how are you today? Yeah, good, mate. Pleasure to be on the show. I've, I've always wanted to be on it ever since I was hey. a prospective student, always looking at it, you know, reposted on the on the Instagrams and the socials. So it's a, it's a pleasure to be on it, mate. It really honor, like, it's, it's an honour to have you, Harry. So you're a first year student, just fresh out of college. How are you finding UA92 so far and what drew you to UA92? Well, my experience so far has just been out of this world. I mean, my expectations, I would say, were like here. And what's happened to me is like absolutely broke it. It's been absolutely unbelievable. I mean, the, not just the people I've met and, you know, the, the staff yeah. and then whatever, but just the things I've been able to do, the opportunities, which I knew I would get here speaking to the staff. And, other, you know, I met yourself a few years ago at the open days and I met John and I met Regan and a lot more of the, uh, the ambassadors. But... I think in general, it's just the opportunities that you get here. It's just absolutely amazing. I, I, I honestly don't think that I would get that anywhere else. Because within your first week, literally your first day, officially, when you're doing the takeover, you're doing the takeover, you ain't to takeover. How was that for you? Yeah, um, you know what? I, it, was, it was weird. I, you know, I was just sat on my break, um, just just getting a having a drink from the, from the cafe. Just the cafe as well. Um, and then I got a message off the United 2 Twitter saying, oh, you know, would you like to do a social media takeover for us this week as a first year student? You know, just like how life is as a first year, living on your own, things like that. And I think I actually got it through the interview I did with yourself on that, on that, uh, on that evening. But it was yeah. really good. And so it's like, I like how you're already networking, you're already growing your confidence, your self-belief. And that's yeah. what United 2, they put those values in you. They believe in the student. And already, you're not a number, they know you as Harry Parker which is good. And you're studying sports journalism. How has that been so far? Um, well, I mean, the lead up to it, I've always wanted to do sports journalism like, since I genuinely could remember. You know, I always loved, you know, I, it's, it's a, everyone has their own hobbies. And for me, um, it was just watching sport, being, yeah. you know, watching reports about sport, analysing sport, all that kind of thing. That's what I always wanted to do. So uh, as I got a bit older, I was actually able to do things myself with the articles, which I'm sure we'll get to in, in a bit. But, um, you know, so far it's been amazing. You know, the tutors are absolutely brilliant. You know, Mark, um, I've got Phil, you know, Lawrence, Christine, Martin have all been amazing. So, um, and I think already the, the contacts and the connections that have been offered from them is just absolutely out of this world. And going back to the tutors, all the tutors have industry-led experience. Like we said, we have Lawrence who's worked in production and camera operating. We have Mark who's worked in Dubai, Vogue Arabia, Martin, Christine who's worked for the BBC. We have all these great connections of Phil Jones and the truth is actually care. And one thing about UA92 is, like you said, is it's about they're here to help you. They're here to build you up yeah. for your next step. And you're already in building connections and you're in week three already. And how's that? How's the third week? How's it been going for you so far, being away from home and everything? I mean, I always did struggle. Um, like, you know, coming up to us, I was always thinking, oh, you know what? Living on my own, obviously, UA92, you, you, you do, if you're coming from far away, the accommodation is unfortunately on your own. But I think the fact of the matter is that everyone else is in the same boat as you. You know, I've already made two great friends who I wouldn't have... Harry met. Young and Dan Parker. Harry Young and Dan, <laughs> how you doing? Um, so I wouldn't have met them, you know, and if, if I wasn't literally on the day moving in and I bumped into them because I couldn't get in the gate. You know, so it's like that. It's sort of meant to be. And I think that is the case in my situation anyway. And it's just, I've actually found it quite easy so far. I like my own space. I like living on my own. There's the responsibilities you have of being an adult because that's, you know, what you are now, you know, 18 years old, young adult, you, you've got your own things to, to do to look after. So I do actually like the uh, the responsibilities and the, and, and the risks that 
Come with it on your own. And speaking about responsibilities and risks, there's always that doubt and that self-belief. And that's why you ain't like to incorporate the well-being side of it. And one thing I did realise about you, I read a tweet that you'd done a year ago about being passionate and it's okay for men to cry. Are you United to always emphasise that and you're a well-being champion and you're part of the men's social and how important is men's mental health as a student in particular? I think as a whole mental health is really important as a student but I, I want to emphasise again male mental health because I'm quite an advocate for it. Like I know you, you are yourself like a massive advocate for, for men's yeah. mental health um, because I went through a very tough time a few years ago. Um, I, I had the everything sort of happened at once to me um, and it was, I was still quite young. I'd only just turned, literally just turned 17. Um, I was fresh off like my GCSE summer, which was amazing. I was buzzing. I was literally cloud nine. Um, you know, I had a girlfriend at the time. I'd been there for a while. I was literally the happiest I'd ever been. Like nothing can fault it. No, nothing could have, no one could touch me at the time. No one could touch me. I was playing cricket all the time. I was playing football. I was seeing my mates. I was doing really well in school. And then, suddenly all these things sort of just hit me at once and I was rock bottom for, for a long time. Um, and as a man speaking out, sometimes we have this thing where we're conditioned not to speak out about our feelings and not to speak out about our emotions and not to cry and not to seek help. How were you feeling at first? Were you worried? What, what during during that time? Yeah. Well, as during, a man, because what, what people yeah. might think of you. Well, yeah, it yeah, at the time, but massively because I was someone who, around my friendship groups at school and, and around people at school, I was known as like the confident one. You know, I was always, it's always the ones, really. Yeah, I was always the one. I, and you know, what was funny as well is that even when I was going through that tough time and I didn't tell anyone, I was always trying to make people smile. I always want people to laugh. I always want people to be happy around me. Everyone, even if I didn't know them, you know, just in the corridor, you see someone like, oh, you know, you're right, give a smile at them. And I think, you know, that is because I know how it felt to be at a low point and I just I felt about it that strongly that I didn't want anyone else to feel like that because it's so hard and so difficult yeah I'm like you in a way where one thing I realized is you put yourself first you put other people before you although you're struggling you don't like to put your problems on other people and that's our society that's how we're conditioned to it and the importance and the emphasis of mental health especially being a man you have to speak out you have to seek help because there's nothing wrong with it and you're a massive advocate for here at UA92 and how have you found your well-being and adjusting so far well, I've actually, since I came here, I was very nervous, not going to lie, I think as most students are when they join university, but I was very nervous. I was sort of very, I felt like I was quite in a shell, which is really weird for me because I've never been in that situation before, being at school and whatever. Um, and then straight away on the first day, obviously I started talking to you, I started talking to John. I met my two great mates, Harry and Dan already. I've met Megan, I've met so many different people and especially the staff members as well. I, even at school, I didn't have a, as good relationships with the staff that I've that I've got now, and I've been here for three weeks. You know, it's that, just that's been, a good yeah. thing. Yeah, you mentioned like the staff care about you. Yeah, Every time, single staff yeah. member cares about your well-being, and Gary's emphasised it before as well. Yeah. Where Gary said he cared about the student. You can get two one, two two, whatever, but they care about your well-being at the forefront of everything. And like you said, you have built that relationship with the student, with the staff. They know you by your first name and your second name and they know where to find you. And that gives you a real sense of entitlement. You know what? They actually care about us. They actually do care. And that's a good thing about UA92. And speaking about Meg and Steph, got Steph, the wellbeing officer, whereas UA92 are just amazing at it. And like mental health, world mental health is coming up. And I can't wait to emphasize it a lot more and speak about it. And I really want to get this um, men's mental health group going like, just for men to speak out about it. Like like you said, you had you were worried, anxious coming here, but you spoke out, you're coming comfort zone. I'm sure all the students 
in UA Nights and around everywhere suffering. What would be your one advice to every single student, especially males who are ashamed of asking for help? Um, my, my one major piece of advice for people who are struggling would be, it's not a, it's not a sort of way to combat it because you, you kind of, you don't really, you, you can't get rid of it. It's sort of how you, for me, it was how I dealt with it and how I learned to live with it. So but the one thing I would say to people who are struggling is just do something constantly, just do something. Don't sit at home on your own. Don't sit and do nothing. Don't sit and be like, you know, I'm lying in bed on my phone all the time. Even if it's just, you know, playing a, playing a video game. Yeah, go for a walk. Go for a walk. See your friends. See your family. Have a cup of tea with your mum or your dad, you know. Like, you done recently, like, you went out, like, to football with Dan's mum. Yeah. Like, going out to a football game can help someone's... Um, worry or anxiety like do something constructive and like you said we're conditioned to not access help but like you said you're doing the right things you're helping other students out you're helping people out and for you like although you were anxious and everything you come out your shell and one thing i didn't realize pick up picked up on you harry is how uplifting and positive you are literally you uplift everybody's you know clash you uplift everybody who's down and you always want to see the best in everyone which is so good and refreshing to see a younger male doing that as well because not many males would do that um, and how have you found it, like, adapting to, like, the massive change again? Like, as I said, you're still away from home, uh, paying bills, being an adult. How's the worry been for you, like, and budgeting? Um, I think when you look at it head-on, when you are coming into university and you have that sort of final sit-down with your mum or your dad or, you know, whoever, and you're like, right, actually, I've, I've got to start thinking about these things that take a lot of responsibility, a lot of thought. It is very, very scary. For me, it was anyway, because I was all... I, I didn't think about coming to uni until like the week before and I was like oh I'm going next week you know I was working 24-7 so it just kind of was never in my so mind just try to avoid it basically yeah like I was always not I don't think avoiding it but I think just the fact that it never my mind it was never on my mind occurred. yeah it never occurred to me I was like oh god I'm, I'm there next week you know I start on Monday I'm moving in tomorrow and I think um overall though you once you start actually looking at things like paying bills and paying your rent and things like that and looking at being safe with your money. It's quite funny because I remember going out to my first shop and you're walking around and you're looking at, you know, like you're in Tesco or whatever and you're like, oh, actually, I've got to get the cheaper sausages. I've got to get, yeah. yeah, I've got to get this cheap milk. You know what I mean? There's things like that that they do actually matter when you become an adult. And I think, but overall, it is, there are so many different ways that you can budget. There's apps you can get, there's people you can speak to. So, because we've got like uh, Mirabelle in here and like speaking about budgeting and cooking, like the other day, Dan was cooking for you. Yeah. Uh, and that goes show how much of a friendship you have. Although Dan is a PM student, you become have a close bond where Dan is teaching you how to cook. Obviously, obviously you can cook now, but that Dan wants to be like the chef and Dan wants to look after you basically. Yeah. And teach you how to cook and everything. And that's so refreshed to see other students helping each other out. And how have you found the help as well from other students? Um, well, I mean, the people that I've spoke to in my experience, everyone's, even if it's things like, oh, you know, oh, excuse me, can you help me find this? Or, oh, excuse me, can you help me find this room? Or, do you know who this lady is? Or whatever. Everyone will speak to you, you know, everyone will. Even if even if they don't come across as someone who's quite confident, that's fine. But if you actually speak to people and have that initial first confidence to break that barrier, like I think I do, and I know you, you do as well, it everyone's happy to talk to you here so yeah because in like I, I messaged you and i said oh i wouldn't look after me and john want to look after the first years because we never had that help when we were there as students and we know how hard it was but like me in first year i was totally different i was very quiet anxious and everything believe it or not but yeah. then we didn't want you guys to feel like that so we had to like buddy up with you guys and help you guys out and it's so refreshing to see how in within three weeks you've literally flourished and like achieving great things and even before like you ain't now too you're in an article 
on yeah. Gary Neville. What was that? How did that come about? Yeah, so the uni, I'll keep it short and sweet. So the uni sent an, an email out to, to applicants um, just saying, oh, you know, there's a chance for a, a five-minute call with, with Gary Neville. And being a massive United fan and obviously wanting to kind of have an advantage over, you know, people, when I came here, I was snapped the hand off. Yeah, I'll have it. So a week later, I got a FaceTime off Gary. What was that like when you FaceTime? What did he say, <laughs> Gary calling? It's so, honestly, I, I, to this day, it's surreal. I remember my mum and dad were sat outside my uh, my, my room uh, on the floor listening. <laughs> um, it was mental. Um, so I spoke to him on the phone for like 10 minutes, but even so, like you just look at him and he's just like, you couldn't believe it. It just didn't feel real at all. Um, and then I remember, because I'd already had an article done um, a few months before published on the, something called the United Standard, a United fan uh, website. And I mentioned that to Gary on the, on, on the phone and he said, oh, you know what, then how about I call you back in in a bit and I'll uh, give you a 20 minute interview over the phone. See, so, you asked, by using that, taking the opportunity and what, yeah. what was it like? What was it like? It, again, it was like FaceTime and it was absolutely surreal. So like, that's what I did all day. Um, I think I was meant to be revising for a test at school, but I was like, you know Gary what? Gary comes first. Yeah, that can wait. Gary comes first every time. <laughs> so I was writing up questions. I was practicing these questions on my dad. I, I was asking my friends, I was like, what would you, what would you, because the thing for me, the journalist, is that you need to think of things that people haven't already asked. Yeah, she's thinking outside the box. Yeah, and that what people also, it's what you want to know, but also what other people want to read, because I knew I'd put it into an article, um, but it's got to be interesting. So he, he, rang, he rang me back later in the, later in the day at about half, half five, and, and spoke to me for about half an hour from his car on the way home, and it was just absolutely surreal. And then. Um. Like you said, like Gary giving you opportunities and like he done his most recent package to make it for a real campaign, yeah, yeah. which you're a part of. Do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, so um, I think in a nutshell, I'll just explain it quickly. The, the make it for real campaign is for people from difficult backgrounds. I think mainly in the Manchester area, but obviously very open to people from all backgrounds. Um, and it's a, you get a package. I think it was worth five thousand pounds. So you get like uh, data from Talk Talk. You get your lunches done. Um, free by the way free yeah yeah you get um three year bus pass three year bus pass and, and travel you, you get 50 pound home improvement that, yeah and that's the thing like by Gary giving people who can't who don't think university is for them he's giving people those people an opportunity to say you know what we're giving back to the community and he genuinely cares that's the thing about you united that's you united whose core values are um resilience like i think mental health well-being and in just general, I think he genuinely, genuinely cares and he's passionate. And for you to be part of that campaign, you were actually yeah. in the video, you actually worked on it. And seeing how big it was, it was just so refreshing to see it actually coming to light. And speaking about other opportunities that you have, you do want to get into sports journalism. And what, who, I saw your tweet, you done that United Stand account, you said. What was that about? Um, so the United Stand article. Yeah. So at the time, it was something very relevant to, uh, to United and to United fans. It was just about... Um, I don't know if you remember, but Donny van der Beek, uh, yes. when he signed for United, he wasn't playing. Um, he's always in the subs bench. Yeah, no, uh, I, I feel, I feel, I do feel for him because he was meant to be like, you know, the world's next biggest thing. I think he's really good, but they're not giving him a chance, don't you? Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I went to watch a few games. I've seen a few this season, and you know, I watched him in the cup game against West Ham, and I, I was like, you know, yeah, I'd actually, there. I'd love him to play in a Premier League game. I just think he deserves that chance. But you know, it's at the time, um, he was on the bench twenty four seven. He was every time the, the media sort of speculated about him. He looked, he obviously looked very unhappy during the games and stuff. So I just, I think, and a, a thing for a journalist as well is that that was a hot topic, and you've got to sort of keep up to date with trends and topics. So for me, I think that's why, because in the end it was really successful. Um, I think it got like two and two and a half thousand uh, views or something on the website. Wow. Um, so that's for me, incredible. 
so for me at 16 that was like that was surreal um so yeah i think it's just about again like with the gary thing what people want to read about um and you've got to make it interesting and make it you know relevant. coming back to like what you said like listen listening back like you said you thought of trends what's trending right now what's relevant what do football fans want to see what do football fans want to hear like donny when he first signed like you said he's always on a sub bench he still is and there's always that speculation like is he going to leave is he yeah. not going to leave like he's meant to be someone a star for united but unfortunately, he's always on the subs bench and he was on West Ham and I think he was really, really good. Yeah. I think, I'm not going to lie, I think he's better than like some of them who are playing. Like He's better than Martial, yeah. in my opinion. Because um, <laughs> Martial, at the moment, is not to his best ability. But yeah, again, we don't know what people are going through. Like yeah, exactly. you said, when Lingard left alone to United, he went to West Ham, his confidence improved a lot. Yeah. Nobody knew what they were going through. No. And then, because he's had like his mum was ill and all yeah, that. Yeah, his mum was ill. He had to look after like his, his little sister. His he, had his, he had a daughter. I think he was... I think yeah. he's, I, I think I might be right in saying he's a single dad. I yeah, might be wrong. he's a single dad. Um, so we had all that to do at the same time, plus playing football, and then because of that, and they had a lot of abuse online. Yeah. And speaking about like abuse online and everything, like you said, we have like these people who are absolutely doing great and relevant things. Like you said, they're, just, they're not just footballers. For example, we've got Marcus Rashford. He's not just a footballer. He's a he's a philanthropist. I can't say the word properly. He gives that back to the community. He's giving back to the community. And that's what we need, them grassroots footballers giving back to the community. Yeah. And what did you make of, like, the backlash that he got? I find it absolutely horrible. Rashford? Yeah. Well, I, I remember when he started first trying to get into, or just, it's not even trying to get into it. It's just helping people out. You know, he's feeding kids around the country, which I think we can all agree, without getting political, it should be something the government are working harder on. Um, but the backlash straight away was, you know, people are saying things like, stick to football, you're not a politician, stay out of this, it's nothing to do with you. But it's like, people are saying that and then agreeing with the government who aren't doing anything about it. So for me, it was just like, I can't believe you're actually targeting and abusing someone who's just trying to help people out. And people, maybe some of the people that are giving them abuse, but people now that their kids are getting help from it. Yes, yeah, it's giving back. And I feel like, the, the, like you said, Sometimes it's good to challenge the government. Like Gary is very prevalent at doing yeah. it, and he's very he's very good at getting answers out of the government. And I just want to say, like wrap it, wrapping it up and all that. Where do you see something that in the next three years? I definitely see you like working in like Sky Sports with Gary Pundit in. I mean, that's 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 the aim. I mean, some my the, my biggest idol has always always been Dan Walker of BBC. Obviously, I know I've got Gary here. And, well, and Gary's whatever. better in here. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know what? I, I, Gary's obviously my—he's my—he's he's been my sporting idol for years. Can you remember how much? Tell um, you, for example, that I put you on the spot on that picture—the picture of you and Gary together. Yeah. And I go, Harry, come here, picture. What was <laughs> what was going through your head? I knew you were going to do it because you—you you, you told me about it. You, you, you told me the day before. Oh, yeah, I'm going to get your picture of Gary, and I was like, oh yeah, I know. But but I always had that sort of inkling in the back of my mind that you would. And then I'm just walking. I was just walking past you. Uh, on my phone you. and he just grabbed me and made me get a picture with him it was just it was just surreal um, just... and that was good and when's your next interview going to be with Gary because obviously you want another one yeah so Gary if you're watching him Gary's a massive fan I've talked around him he actually is I know he is I know I know you always tweet him I know he sees yes. it I know he sees so it so when, when's your next interview with Gary I, I'm trying to, I'm really trying hard at the moment to, to get one sorted I mean I've got a lot more things uh, planned as well I've got obviously um, like the, the boxer I keep getting a name uh, the boxer Stacey from Copeland, Stacey, Stacey yes. Copeland, Stacey Copeland, Commonwealth Games um, gold champion. You're gonna yeah, interview her. I'm gonna soon. interview her very soon. I've got, you know, I've got John Bashe. John, yeah, I've got John. You've got yourself. I've got uh, Phil Jones, my tutor, lined up as well. I've even got people uh, from more business side. So Jess Southworth from. Oh, she's Hotel great. Football. Big up to Jess Southworth. She's a massive fan as well. She's gonna be in yeah. the hot seat soon. And just what to say, like for World Mental Health Day as well. Wrapping up on the last bit on the positive note. 
I just want everybody just to be them, just to accept help, be themselves, and always ask anybody, are they okay? Yeah. Uh, for me, I remember a big campaign um, during school called Are You Okay? And it was just about messaging your friends, message them once, say, are you okay? Ask them again. Ask them twice. I do that to you sometimes. Yeah, or, yeah, and I try and do the same. Just just ask them, don't ask them once. Because if someone text, if I was feeling a bit down and someone texted me and said, are you okay? I'd probably just put, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm all right, whatever. But ask again. Ask again. Like Put it in their mind. Go, actually, no, are you okay? Tell me. And, you know, sometimes they might not want to tell you because I, I remember what it was like. Sometimes you just don't want to tell anyone. And for me, like, I wish more people, like, obviously it's so hard to open up, but I want more people to be open and honest, especially young males, because one yeah. of the biggest killers amongst men. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just want, like, like yourself, more males like yourself who are passionate about it and yeah. are going to make a positive change. And yeah, exactly, yeah. hopefully, like, it'll grow, grow and grow and it'll be a positive thing. But Harry Parker, I'm not going to lie, this has been a pleasure. He is my favourite first year student, guys. <laughs> Him, Megan, Dad and Harry. Sorry. But yeah, it's been a pleasure. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm so, I'm so glad you actually come on. Harry Parker and Gary, pleasure, remember mate. his interview ASAP. Come on, Gary. Where are you? Hey.